0: Well, as I mentioned before, on the Sunday preceding the annual meeting, which is this Wednesday at seven o'clock, if you didn't hear me say it before, the senior minister gives their state of the ch- church message. And today, I'd like to focus on Paul's theme from Romans chapter five verses one through five, about how hope is utilized in difficult times and how hope Is an aspect of our faith that is directly related to how we grow in our faith. We read from Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope The word of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, open our ears so that we may hear your scripture. Open our minds so that we can understand the very nature of hope. And open up our hearts to receive your love poured out on us, your people. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, several years ago, when I started my Doctor of Theology degree, my classmates and I were gathered into our first learning setting at LaSalle University in Philadelphia. And the program director, Father Frank, introduced us to one another, and there were folks from all over the country. There was a scholar from Notre Dame, people from Philadelphia, But one of my cohort members, we found out, wasn't from the United States, which was unusual. Our program was not an international program per se, but there was one individual from our group, Paul, a Catholic priest who was originally from France but was a part of an order ministering to refugees in Beirut. We were all wondering, what was this French priest who gives medical aid to refugees doing in a scholar research program? Over the years, we grew to love and know Paul. And Paul was just absolutely hilarious in everything he did and everything he said. You couldn't take him seriously. To him, the dry and uninteresting Lasallian theology was hilarious because according to Paul, Our professor, when he started to describe the Lasallian French School of Theology, Paul told us that our professor couldn't even speak French that well. (laughs) But everything about Paul was just funny. Even the way he talked. My name is Paul, I am from France. Everything was upward inflection. And it was kind of funny the way he talked. He'd say, Alan, how are you today? And we were like, Paul, that's not even a French accent. Where'd you get that accent from? He said, I don't know. It's just the way I talk. But I think the joke was on us. I think he was playing around with us. But the guy is a polymath. He speaks five languages, has a master's and an M.D. degree. He's a medical doctor, a Catholic priest, works with refugees, has the greatest sense of humor, and now he wants to complete a research degree in theology. So one day I said to Paul, Paul, man, you are incredible. You speak five languages. You work with the least of these. You're an MD. We all love you. What, what are you doing here in this THD program? And I was shocked with what Paul said because he told me this. He said, Alan, I work with people who have lost everything due to famine and war and genocide. I may be able to help their bodies, their minds, but I'm here to learn how to give them hope for their souls. I'm here to grow in how I can talk with my church to these people about why hope is so important. learned that Paul wanted to grow spiritually and theologically of how he could understand and expand people's hope. Paul expressed the very true nature of our faith, that how in times of great duress, hope in God, belief that God will do something with our misfortune, with our calamity, with our disappointment and tragedy, and be able to turn it into something transformed and new. St. Paul, not my Paul, communicated to a collection of Christians in Rome who needed to be reminded of their capacity of hope and how it needed to be expanded. See, in Rome, before the occasion of Paul's letter, Christians and Jews were in conflict with how they should live and be faithful to God in light of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But in 49 C.D., an edict by Roman Emperor Claudius expelled Jews from Rome because of infighting. And in 54 C.E., Nero allowed Jews to return. And as they returned, there was a clash between Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And Nero, in his madness, persecuted Christians and Jews alike. To the Christians in Rome, Rome was a place of hostility to those early believers. And Paul was writing in uncertain times that he sought to address what seemed to be a very deep sense of a lack of hope about what these Christians in Rome were going to see in their futures. When we look at our world, which seems like inflation is increasing, political instability, major economic shifts changing, affiliation to Christianity, it can be very easy to become discouraged as Christians. And on this state of the Church Sunday, I can tell you that we cannot let these changes and shifts and new realities discourage us. Instead, I believe we need to raise our level of hope, not lower our hope. We need to raise the ceiling of hope because the capacity or the ceiling of our hope defines the ceiling of our collective efforts here at DeWitt Community Church. Hebrews 11, verse 1 tells us that our faith is the substance of things Hope for. So here, Paul connects the very essence of what it means to be people of faith means that we are naturally people of hope. The totality of our hope defines the totality of our faith. One of the 20th century's greatest theologians, Jürgen Moltmann, once wrote, those who hope in Christ can no longer put up with reality as it is, but they must begin to contradict it." According to Motman, to be people of faith is to have a hope that our reality can change. But it's important to distinguish between the difference between optimism and hope. Moltmann said, optimism has to do with positive outcomes that were in the past. If we see past events going well, we think, oh, I can be optimistic about the future. But according to Moltmann, Christian hope concerns itself with, quote, fruitful possibilities in a future that instead come from God's hand, which is the gift of something new. That no matter what the past has said for God's people, no matter what we have endured, hope concerns itself with what God will do in fruitful expression, no matter what the past or present says. This means that in order for us to expand in our capacity of hope, like any great cookie recipe, there has to be ingredients, right? And in order to have a sense of high hope, there are two two ingredients in order for us to have hope. Two crucial ingredients. First is expectation. That we have the expectation that God and our people and we as followers of Christ, we have the expectation that something new is going to happen in our life. To expect that God will work through us and God will work in ways seen and unseen to change our current reality. So the first ingredient of hope is expectation. The second ingredient of hope is desire. To have the desire that according to Moltmann is to say that the current reality can be changed. And so us as followers of Christ, these two ingredients, expectation and desire, are needed for us. That even when the worst in life happens, we do not lose hope because we can increase our desire and our expectations. And our faith and our spiritual lives grow when we start to grow in our desire and expectation that God is going to do something new and wonderful. And this is not to be confirmed fused with wishful thinking, hope increases our faith containers. That when we continually rise our expectations and our desire that God has something in store for us, we have hope. Our capacity for hope is directly related to our capacity of faith. And as I look around DCC today and each day, my bar, my capacity of hope increases. I am so thankful for supported and committed leaders that we have. I'm thankful for our staff. Thankful for Pastor Cindy and her gifts of congregational care and spiritual development. I'm thankful for our music and worship ministry, for the gifts of Abel and Nick and everything they contribute. And where would we be without Mick Thorpe? Our great steward of our building, lover of our people, has a talent for taking care of our campus. In our office, we have a new office manager, Kristen Siemens, and the talents and gifts and grace she brings. And Ryan, our communication and multimedia coordinator, On our live streams, in our print, we're glowing in our capacity of what it means to be hopeful God's people, not only here in this sanctuary, but also spreading out to people online in their homes. For Barb Turner, assisting in our children's ministry and having our first person VBS since the pandemic. Thankful for Jane working in our office with our finances and giving statements. Bill Carlson, a trusted seasoned minister and friend, helping us in our ministry of weddings and baptisms and funerals. I look at our staff and I look at our people and our leaders and my hope increases. My expectation, my desire, But there are also some areas that need our attention in our congregation. If we want to lean into our expectation, if we want to lean into our desire so that our hope may increase. So today I'm announcing an ambitious, strategic vision, and comprehensive campaign in three areas of our congregational life. The first is our worship experience. Our worship experience, whether online or in person, should have the most engaging, visual, auditory, worshipful experience, utilizing all the gifts that we have. And in our worship, in our sanctuary here, I don't know if you know this, but our organ is on its last leg, and we need to replace it. But we also want to invest in making our worship experience accessible with screens and video. Bringing to life the stories of God, our liturgy, our instruments, our choir, our singers, the space in which we conduct worship can change. To have live streaming for Miller Commons as well. That we need to expand our hope for when people come to worship, whether in person or online, they will experience something transformative that speaks to all ages, children, youth, and adults. So our first area is the worship experience. The second area is our campus, our buildings, our grounds. Our campus and building is a tremendous asset, but our building and campus, our property, require attention that we as God's people have space that is warm and welcoming, classrooms and spaces that have technology that brings people together online and in person, for small groups, for meetings, for Bible studies. We also need to address projects that beautify our property and grounds, spaces and places for our children and youth to be able to learn and grow in their faith. So the first area is our worship experience. The second area is our campus, our building. The third area that finally we need an investment in is our community. Because that's in our name, right? DeWitt Community Church. We offer space to the Red Cross and Boy Scouts and other churches and groups. But what if we raise our level of expectation and hope that people come to DCC not just to worship, not just to be a part of Boy Scouts or to give blood to Red Cross, but what if people shared life here? Not only to learn, but also to work and play. What if we had spaces, a cafe, or even shared workplaces? Now that people work from home, they work from Starbucks, why don't you just come here and get on our Wi-Fi and work? Have some coffee, spend time with other people? What if we had a place where we could meet and interact, interact and share life with? What if we made our space so conducive to our neighborhood and our community that people come here not just to thrive spiritually, but also to thrive in every area of their life. Instead of waiting for people to come to us, let us reach into our neighborhood and community with after-school ministry and tutoring and mentoring, supporting those families that are struggling, refugees. We require seed money investment into the community with new ministries so three areas of this comprehensive campaign worship our campus and a community so what you're all wondering is what is this going to cost right well we figure it'll cost around $800,000 so the next question is how are we going to fund it well We're not gonna take out loans because we have the hope and faith that because this is a generous congregation, that we will not expand in our debt, but we will expand in our hope. And I have to say that this is such a generous and loving church that people give of their time, their gifts, their talents, that we will ask the congregation to participate in this strategic, hope-filled plan. So, after you ask how much this costs, you're going to know how are we going to get there? Well, I have one last piece of good, hopeful news. That since water damaged our organ, our insurance company has given us a head start in some of these areas, specifically to replace our organ. That is a part of this comprehensive campaign, that together with smaller gifts, we have $400,000 to address these areas of worship, to address these areas of our campus and our community. And you're going to start to see some changes, start to see some work replacing the organ. And if we are successful in our hope and our desire and in our expectation, if we raise more money than is planned, then we will put the church on a healthier financial footing by retiring our debt, securing our future with a stronger endowment. So over the next months, you're gonna be hearing more about this and have an opportunity to join in this faith journey here at our church with this comprehensive campaign. You're gonna learn more about how to respond in hope and faith of what God is going to do here in coming years. But if you look at it this way, this comprehensive campaign, it represents DeWitt Community Church legacy. Our worship, our campus, building, and our community. Three things that have historically been utilized here at our church for generations. You know, for me, this became very real and put it in perspective because just yesterday, we celebrate and remember the life of a long-term associate pastor here, Hap Wooten, who passed away. And as we think about his time and Reverend Taylor's time here at DeWitt Community Church, and even going back as far as Alex Carmichael, a long-term pastor who pastored, and the church grew in a time where they expanded their footprint, their building, and through Hap and Ted Taylor's time, They shepherded the church when more families were coming to the area and joining our church. We have a legacy of hope. We have a legacy of faith. So let us boast in our faith. Let us boast in our ability to have those two crucial ingredients of hope. That we raise our expectation that our best days aren't behind us, but they're in front of us. And let us raise our desire that God is going to do something new, something transformative with us individually and as a congregation. St. Paul tells us that when we join together in faith, that we know that in our afflictions afflictions produce endurance. Endurance produces character and that character produces hope. I am more hopeful now than ever. What it means for us to be doing community church. That after a pandemic. That we start. A new legacy of faith. To transform not only our community. But in doing that work, we are transformed ourselves into how God instills hope in your life and in mine. Let us pray. God, it, we confess it is so easy to lose hope. It is so easy to slip into despair that God, whatever we're facing today, whatever family challenges, relational challenges, conflict, employment, change of life, illness, sadness, grief, loss, God, our hope is directly related to our faith and our faith is related to our hope. So God, we ask today, this week, that you raise our expectation, you raise our desire, because those are two critical ingredients to have hope right now in our lives. God, we also ask that you raise our expectations and our desire for our church, because we know that when we raise our capacity in those two key ingredients, we can have hope for our people, our congregation to be your faithful followers at work in this world as Jesus taught. So God, equip us this week. May we not be a people stumbling in the darkness, but people who seek the light of Christ as we journey with you, as we journey together. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.